<clears throat> Oi, you little dirt pigs. What's up? Aiden Taco Jones here, listening to Sitting Under a Tree for fucking Tuesday, the 24th of July, 2018. How about that? That's right, you listening here. How about that? <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. Um, oh, I just ate. A bunch of Ben and Jerry's half-baked ice cream. I made myself a tea. I'm not a fucking animal, alright? I'm not podcasting again without a tea. Never in my life. That'd be, that was three in a row without a tea until last week. And I thought, no, not again. I'm not, you know, I value myself. I think I, uh, I think I, I deserve a tea. I think I've earned a tea. What, what with everything I've been through, yeah, um, for example, I'll just throw, you know, something right now, um, my mouth is a little bit cold, okay, and there are other things as well, which I won't go into now, because um, if I'm honest, it's too painful, but I, I just think you guys need to lay off me, and just let me have my tea, alright, I'm not gonna feel guilty, I refuse to feel guilty for this, it's, it's really, really hot. Oh man, so Berlin has been just incredible, really. I ne- like the last two times I came to this city, it was alright. The first time was like okay, but it was off the back of an eight day music festival, and me and my mate Phil were just f- trashed and didn't really get to enjoy it. It was still cool. And then last time in December, um, I was just trying to take my mind off being sad. And it was winter, and it was still okay, but it wasn't that great either. To me, Dublin was better. Um, but this time, staying with this lady um, in uh, in Kulmalanka has just been fucking incredible. Really incredible. Um, going for runs every day. Every day? That's a lie. <laughs> Four times this week. All right, that's okay. Four times since Tuesday. Um, going for runs, though. Don't, like, going swimming in the lake. Um... And just like being around all these trees and nice shit and, uh, and, and hanging out with this lady, um, you know, having a, just a fucking a couple beers in her apartment and then going and doing my shows at night and her kids got home, uh, yesterday. So I played for, I got beaten in FIFA by a 13 year old boy. Yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) I actually haven't played FIFA in years, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play FIFA against this kid. Because uh, I just want to be, no- I want to do something nice, you know. Today's my day off. I've taken the day off. I'm recording this at like, what's the time here? 20 past four. Um, and I kind of am impatient because I want to get down to the lake because they're, they're down at the lake and I want to go down there for a swim. They've got this like inflatable raft situation. And uh, I want to, oh man, I really want to go down there and fuck around on that raft. Ah, it looks like so much fun. And there's like a branch and like a tree that you can swing off of. I want to do that. You know, all the dumb shit, man. Um, I've been trying to think all week. I've been trying to think of what to get this woman to say thank you for having me stay in her house for free for like eight, nine days, ten days, something like that. Um... And I'm just like, do I get her like some beer or some wine? And that just seems like a hacky gift. And uh, last night, I uh, I was doing a show 
on this boat, the Laughing Spree, which is named after the River Spree, which runs through the middle of Berlin. Um, I don't know if that's a good accent or not. Do they do the thing? I can't tell. Spree or Spree? I don't fucking know, but I think it's Spree. Um, I think that's a really funny name. I didn't even didn't even hit me till I was explaining it to someone else. But the only other time that you would use spree in English is when it's a killing spree, isn't it? So it's like the room. It's like you're gunning people down with your laughs. You know, <laughs> like refugees running from a. Anyway, <laughs> you know that's what I think of when I do comedy is um, shooting innocent people down as they run. That was the best gig I've done, uh, maybe all year last night. Oh, fuck, it was, oh, it was murderous. And actually, before I tell the story of what I was going to talk about, um, I did this, so the show last night, this fucking annoyed the shit out of me. And people just, ugh, people, people are just really annoying. People, like, dude, people fucking with comedy. I did, nothing annoys me more. I don't know why, like, I... Maybe it's just because it's the thing that I love so much, and uh, and people like I don't care if you don't care about comedy. If you don't really like comedy, that's fine. But don't pretend like you love it and you care about it so much, and just treat it like shit and disrespect it and disrespect other people doing it. This fucking motherfucker last night. I got so I got to the show at halftime, and um, there was a uh, oh. Where do I start? So, alright, someone was on stage. So, uh, after the break, someone went on stage, another comic, and uh, I didn't even listen, I didn't even hear the joke that he made, but he made some joke about AIDS, right? And this guy, who had been calling out for the whole second half, had been, like, calling out with his, uh, like, you know, something would happen on stage, and the room's full. There's, like, 70 people in the room, and the show's going okay, and then this guy, who was one of the comics, had performed in the first half, evidently, would call out some, like, like some just like heckly shit trying to be like oh, I'm involved in the show still and it's like what you didn't get enough time on stage before you little fuck but um that's fine you know I've let that go whatever that's just someone who is needs more attention than what they're getting and, and and doesn't know how to fucking sate their need for it on stage okay you're just not a good comic yet um but then so there was another comic on stage and made a joke about AIDS and this person just, like, first of all, turns back to the the couch full of comics behind and, and goes, like, kind of to himself, like, oh, no, I don't like that. That's offensive. And then turns to the crowd and to the comic and yells, no, thank, no, no, I'm offended by that. That offends me. No, you cannot say that. And I'm just, like, I lean over and I'm tapping him on the shoulder and I'm, like, dude, shut the fuck up. You don't interrupt someone's fucking set. If you don't like the thing that they... Oh, and by the time I'm saying this, if I'm like, if you've got a problem, if you, I'm like tapping him because he won't turn around to face me because he's still like, yeah, I'm involved with the thing that's happening on the stage. And uh, I'm like, if you have a problem... Dude, if you have a problem and they turn around to me and went, I've got a problem right now. I've got a problem right now. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm about to go on. So I'm just fucking... Let me just forget about that and try and get back to the the business of actually enjoying myself here and, and putting on a show, do my set, 
murder, which that felt good already because I'm like, okay, before I talk to you, because in my head, I'm like, I want to talk to that person after the show. But before I do that, let me go on and kill so I can show you that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I, oh, it was murder. It was so sick. I didn't even, that, if there there was any doubt in my mind that I wasn't going to do my best set, that put it to bed. I was like, I want to go here, do my best set, really kill in front of this audience and and, um, rip the room apart and then come back and we can talk about fucking comedy. All right. So after the show, as soon as the show finishes, I make a beeline over to sit next to this person. And, um, I'm just like, Hey man, can we talk real quick? And they're like, yeah, if you want to talk, we can talk. And I'm like, all right, great. I'd love to talk to you right now about what happened. And then just cut to like a two minute barrage of them just talking at me going, well, this is how I feel about this. And this is why you need to understand that I have had a lot of people affected in my life about a- by, by AIDS. And I, I know that there are not that many things that aren't funny, but that is one thing that's just not funny to me. That is never funny. And there's no way to blah, 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 blah. And the whole time I'm just sitting, I'm just like, yes, I need to listen. Eye contact, not saying anything, not even trying to say anything or butt in. Just let, yes, I want to listen to what you say. And then they were saying to me that they just, they think that that topic isn't funny. And they said that they're a person, this was the crazy thing. They said they're a person who's known in the community and they need to be seen to be standing up for the things that they believe in. Because if they don't stand up for those things, then who will? They likened it to a, they were like, if Donald Trump was up there saying some shit, would you stand up to that? And, and I'm still just listening. I'm just listening. I'm not saying anything. I'm going to let you run out all of the points that you have to say and respectfully listen because this is your time to speak. But in a second, it's my time to speak, right? And they finish. And then I'm like, okay, can I... That Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, Can I speak now? They're like, yes. And I'm like, all right. So I think if you really have a problem with what someone is saying on stage, that's fine. And you have the right to be offended by that. Sure. But the time to to take that up with them is not while they're on stage because they're, A, busy thinking about their set and they're not going to respond to some argument from you. And B, it's their set. This is their time to be on stage and you need to respect that. You've had your time and this is their time. And, um, and, and like, the audience didn't react well to the joke. I, I didn't even hear the joke. I don't give a fuck what the joke was, to be honest. I don't care. You are allowed to try and make any joke on stage and you don't know whether it's going to be funny until you make it or not. And um, and the audience let them know with their silence that it wasn't a great joke. I didn't, No one else was talking about it after the show, though. Like, it wasn't particularly offensive and the audience didn't turn on them. So it wasn't like it was that bad. It just the joke didn't land. And I guess it was about AIDS. And anyway, I'm like halfway through saying this stuff and the person just starts interrupting me again. Going, no, but the thing is, right, is that I have people in my life. And I'm like, oh my God. And and they made the Donald Trump comparison again. And I'm like, I think it's a little bit different because Donald Trump isn't trying to make people laugh. This person's trying to make people laugh. And so the intent is is what really makes it, you know? And a comedy club is different to a political rally, surely. Because... I mean, that's the, the the whole intent behind it, right? A political rally is trying to change people's minds or or get people to actually fucking vote on a thing, the government, right? But a comedy club, it's this is entertainment. We're trying to make you laugh. Yeah, we might make some points that you agree with, but that's all just a vehicle to get you to like us so that we can eventually make you laugh. And I said, if you don't think that's the case, then I think you and me 
are uh, are really trying to do different things here and maybe this isn't the place for the thing that you're trying to do because I know that everyone who goes on that stage is supposed to be making people laugh. That's the whole point. And, um, and they just started getting angry at me again and going, well, that, that, that's just like that thing is never going to be funny. I was so ready to be like, look, man, you've, <laughs> I was, if they hadn't gone, they said to me, maybe we need to agree to disagree here. And I was so thankful that they were the ones to say it. Cause I thought about saying it, but I still had more shit. And I was like a fucking half a sentence away from being like, you know what? You're a fucking idiot. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, I was so close to just fucking losing it. And then I would have lost the argument and I would have been the dickhead, but uh thankfully <laughs> oh it was the worst man and then after they walked out and then my mate came up to me after that and was just like are you okay that person was a fucking idiot and I was like yeah I know and I'm glad that I spoke to them because having the conversation was enough for me to be like oh you're a moron and I don't need to fucking take you seriously. I tried to, I, the main like thrust of what I was going for was if you have a problem with what that person said, this is it, right? This is the point. If you have a problem with what that person said on stage, then you need to wait until they're done, until their performance is done. And then either after their set or ideally after the whole show is finished, you go up to them by yourself and go, I saw what you did. This is why I disagree with it. This is why I don't think you should say that kind of stuff or talk about that kind of stuff. And that's that's all you can do. You can just explain why you feel the way you feel and, and try and convince them to agree with you. And that, if you really care about something being offensive and you don't think it should be said, that's the best recourse that you have because that is the, the most likely way you're going to get someone to stop saying something. If you yell out in the middle of their set, that's offensive, no, that's not funny, whatever, that's never, they're not going to stop, they're just going to go, this fucking asshole interrupted my set, and the craziest thing is, that person, did the, the person who had the problem with it, didn't go up to the guy afterwards, and, and say, I had a problem with it, or explain, which says to me, that they didn't actually care that fucking much about the content of that person's set, just like the rest of the times when they called out, all they were concerned with, was trying to fucking, make a scene and make some shit about them and it was ego driven and pathetic and uh that's what i said to them towards the end i was like i think that that was very ego driven what you did and i i don't think that the reasons you're giving for it are the reasons that you actually did it and that was the point when we kind of started to go off the rails but f fuck that person fuck you if you think you can change someone's mind by calling out in a fucking in the middle of their set Go fuck yourself. That's not... That's never going to happen. And you're not making it about the thing. You're making it about you. Oh, God. That felt good. <laughs> really blowing off some steam there. Jesus. Oh, so anyway, that was an amazing... I had an amazing time on that show, though, despite that. Um, and that person left and then I hung out with some people after the, after the thing, had a few beers and then I missed, this is what I was going to say, was I missed my last, um, I missed the last train back, uh, to Kumalanka. So it was just like, I, uh, I had to get the night buses and then I was on a train platform and, and 
I was ready. To, I was on the train ready to go the right way and another train pulled up and some German guy was like, where are you going? And I'm like, cool, Melanka. And he was like, get that one, that one, take that one. And I run across the platform, get on the second train and it starts going in the wrong direction. So I'm like, oh, sick. Thanks, German dude. And I got off the next stop. But by that point, the last train was done and I had to catch three buses home. It took me an hour and a half to get across Berlin back here. And I was so fucking tired. Man, I got back here at like 20 past three in the morning. But, um, it allowed me to think about what I was going to do for this lady who's been letting me stay with her. Because I've been trying to think all week, what am I going to get her? Well, I can't, like, I can't not get her anything. This has been too amazing. And I really just, I don't just want to get her, like, some beer or, or wine or fucking whatever. Because um, it's just been such an amazing stay, man, like. <laughs> Actually, there's so many naked people around the um around the lakes when I run around the lakes. I keep seeing fucking like old naked people. Apparently, that's an East Berlin. That's like an old East Germany thing from like before from the Cold War. You know, before the wall came down. Um, it's like some German person was telling me. I don't know. It just they always used to go swimming naked in the Cold War. I guess because they I don't know they couldn't afford clothes. They didn't have clothes, or they all just had the same clothes. So it's like, how are we gonna stand out? Well, fucking, I've got a mole just um just above my dick. Maybe I get naked, and that's like a fashion statement for them. I don't know, man. But it's like it's carried over, and this is quite a nice um affluent area. And I guess all the old people around here on their holidays, uh, it's mostly in the morning. So I go for a run in the morning, and I'm just running past wrinkly butts and <laughs> and saggy tits and shit. And then, and then I'll go for a swim, and there's like other people swimming in the lake all just, you know, you can just see their heads, and I go for a swim, and I'm, I can't help but think, like, five meters away from me, is that person naked under the water, and I'm, like, should I feel weird, because I'm just topless, I'm going in with shorts, you know, I'm not a fucking, like, just because they're naked, I'm not like, well, when in, when in fucking Berlin, you know, do as the communists do, nah, I'm going clothed, man, but I can't, it's really fucking with my head that, like, I'm swimming in five meters away, there might be, like, some septuagenarian with, um, with no clothes on, I'm like, should I, is that embarrassing, am I, should I feel bad, should I feel weird about that, should I swim somewhere else, I don't know, but it's been, yeah, it's been fucking really amazing here, and so on the, on the bus on the way back, I started thinking about, um, when, when Blake and I moved into our place, on Luscombe Street in East Brunswick, the lady, um, our our neighbour there, brought us a bunch of stuff. I think I've spoken about this on previous podcasts, and she was just so lovely. And we we had a chat that night, and she was talking about, she was asking us about a, our our parents and our families and shit. And I was talking about my mum, and Blake was talking about his mum. And after a while, she went, um, you know, it sounds like you guys have both got like, you know, your mothers. You got a lot of respect for your mothers, and it's good that you have strong women in your life because I think. Um, I think young boys really need strong women in their life to, to like raise them right. You know, you need to have a strong woman in your life so you can understand a little bit of, of kind of what it is to be a woman. And, uh, I really like that, man. I remembered that. I think she's right. Um, even if it took me a kind of long time to start thinking about what it is to be a woman. Uh, I didn't think about that for like a lot of when I was younger, but starting to try and think about it, and uh, on the bus on the way home, I was thinking about that, and I was listening to Stella Donnelly, who I've spoken about so many times on this pod, and I think she's fucking incredible, um, amazing singer-songwriter from Perth, and and 
I checked and her her EP just became available on vinyl like a month ago. So that's what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to buy Kirsten the vinyl uh, of of uh, Stella, Stella Donnelly. And I think, man, because we've been like sitting in the house all week and when we hang out, we're like listening to, um, she listens to like a lot of punk or she used to listen to heaps of punk. She was like a punk promoter in the 90s in Berlin, which is so cool. And uh, she likes a bit of ska or like old, you know, like second wave ska, like two-tone and uh, madness and shit. But it seems like she really likes that harsh fuck you kind of attitude. Like I remember we were talking about, um, she was talking about like swearing and stuff like that. And she was just like, yeah, I I remember when I was younger, we would walk around with, you know, a t-shirt that says like, I hate people or whatever. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know. And yeah, she was just like anyone, if you have like colored hair, the police would stop you every time in Germany and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. It just sounds like she was a bit of a badass when she was younger. And Stella Donnelly's music is not punk by any stretch of the imagination, but it is, I feel like it does have that kind of fuck you attitude that like has kind of left punk, but has been taken up by like third wave feminists now, you know, and she has that, that like, fuck you, I'm here, this is me and I do what I want. Uh, and, you know, like it or don't kind of attitude that I think she would really connect with. And even though her music isn't very punky and abrasive, I think she'll still find what she likes in there. Um, That's what I'm hoping. Anyway, so I'm going to send her the vinyl. I'm going to order it and get it sent here, and I'm going to write her a nice uh, handwritten letter to go with it. And I I, I thought of that last night on the bus on the way home, and I was so stoked. I just was like, tired but I couldn't really sleep because it was like three buses so I was just listening to Sarah Don- Stella Donnelly and just being stoked that I thought of that you know <sighs> oh man I'm leaving on Thursday morning um, I gotta do a music choice for you guys and I had one before and I'm sweating like crazy I just started sweating is that because I'm getting a little personal maybe I'm not sure I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm sweating a little bit in the way that I might sweat on stage when a, a joke doesn't work or something like that. I feel a little bit like that right now. I'm just get, It's like flop sweat. Um, the song for this week is Pussy <laughs> by Nick Monaco and David Marston. Man, uh <laughs> Travel the world just to get to your pussy. <laughs> Been so long since I tasted your pussy. It's actually a really good song. That sounds like a nightmare from the two lines that I've just sung now, but it's a really cool song. Um, and the reason I've been thinking about it is because I'm going to use it, I reckon, as the intro to the Edinburgh podcast, which we still haven't really settled on a name for, but um, I think I'm going to suspend sitting under a tree for that month because the, the Edinburgh Boys podcast is going to be out every day. So um, I feel like that's something for you guys to look forward to, man. If you like this, I think the Edinburgh podcast is going to be better, to be honest, because it'll be me, Pete, Luca, Knox, and then just whoever else is around. Fuck, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to fucking get to Edinburgh. Um, 
And uh, but yeah, so the, I've <laughs> I've decided that I want the theme song. I pitched it to the guys, and there was like a lukewarm response. But I feel like I'll win them over once I do it. Um, the song, but uh, take the word pussy out and just put like the Edinburgh Fringe. So I was like, travel the world just to get to your the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> it's been so long since I tasted y'all the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> just like cutting it so clearly cutting it in uh, <laughs> and that's the line right been so long since i tasted your and then smash cut there that's when people go oh i see what you've done very silly um i reckon that's a great fucking theme song and uh if you agree then i need you to message luca muller and pete jones and tell them that I'm right, and and they're maybe also right if they liked it. Maybe they need to be a little more enthusiastic, and I wouldn't be getting people to message them. <laughs> Fuck. I think it's such a great idea, and I'm a genius. So check that song out, man. Pussy by Nick Monaco and David Marston. Who, let's check out who these fuckboys are. Nick Monaco, huh? Nick Monaco. He's like the king of Monaco. The King of Monaco just released a <laughs> released a song. <laughs> that dude must be fucking loaded, dude. If he, there's no way he's getting to the point of longing where he needs to release a song because he misses a girl. If he misses a girl, he probably just buys the company that he works for, that she works for, and then goes over and just and just fucking figures it out. That sounds awful. Oh, that reminded me of that documentary that I haven't watched, but I heard about, about what the uh, Saddam Hussein's fucking body double or whatever, who looked like him, who was forced to, I don't know, lie about it because he, not Saddam Hussein, Saddam Hussein's kid's body double, that's right. And the kid was like raping and killing people and stuff when Saddam Hussein was the leader of Iraq. And, uh, and that, that there was like some dude who just looked a lot like him and so was kind of forced into being his body double for his whole life. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, why am I telling that story? I haven't seen the documentary. Um, Nick Monaco is a... Ooh, Nick Monaco only has one secret, and that is that Nick Monaco is his real name. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this next sentence is so bad. Nick Monaco only has one secret, and it's that Nick Monaco is his real name. He's never afraid to be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I travel the world just to get to your pussy. What a vulnerable lyric. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. He is a fluid, eclectic spirit, a way of being in the world. <laughs> He's the guy that you swear that you know from somewhere, but it's not him that you recognize. It's the familiar, essential pulse of his art and aura. Oh my God. God, this guy thinks so highly of himself with his... T it's it's great that you can, like, uh, uh, divest responsibility for your wankiness by fucking just writing your, writing your bio in the second person. Imagine if you wrote that in the first person. 
I only have one secret, and it's that Nick Monaco is my real name. I'm never afraid to be exposed. I am a fluid, eclectic spirit, a way of being in the world. I'm the guy you swear that you know from somewhere, but it's not me that you recognize. It's the familiar, essential pulse of my art and aura. Oh my god, you would not even get that far in the sentence. Someone would have fucking ran over and punched you in the face, even if you were walking down the street by yourself. What a garbage... I'm, I'm going to read on and I'm going to read the rest of this in, in the first person. With my first two albums, Mating Call and Half Naked, I have established myself as an irresistibly magnetic, relentlessly creative and genre-defying artist in dance music. Now with the creation of my new label, Unisex Records, and my forthcoming LP, Heroin Disco, I have announced myself again as one of the most original and insightful artists working in the genre. Always creating music towards the values of inclusivity, racial self-expression, the strange and uncanny. I stand as a powerful and positive force against the homogeny of mainstream dance music, asking everyone to wave their freak flags high along with me. Dude's white and he's a guy. So, you know what? I don't know about that. And he's got a song about travelling the world to get to your pussy, so he's straight too. Shut the fuck up, Nick Monaco. Oh my god. <laughs> what an absolute garbage human being. <clears throat> That's all I have to say about that, I reckon. I'm nearly done. We've got a minute and a half left. Mm. I can't wait to get to the lake. I was uh, I was really stoked about Cosmic Comedy. I did uh, Cosmic Comedy Club in Berlin, Friday, Saturday night. Great great crowd on Saturday night, really lovely, and I got it recorded, which is sick, I actually am probably going to chuck that online now, so if you guys want to catch a, a recording, like a, a very recent recording of me, this was on uh, Saturday the 21st of July, um, it's just a 15 minute set, but um, I want to chuck that on YouTube now, so I don't know, maybe in like 24 hours from when this pod comes out, it'll be um, ready and you can watch it, super excited to have a new video up. Um, if you're, uh, what, what gigs can I plug? I'm doing some, if you're in Edinburgh this week, I'm doing a couple previews of my new show. Uh, what days are they on? Come on, brass. It's at, uh, 6.30 PM at the Three Sisters on the 28th and 29th of July. That's Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then my show starts on the 2nd, and that's the 2nd to the 26th of, of August, um, 10.30 every night, Downstairs City Cafe, and also the Travelling Man Showcase at 8.15 every afternoon, evening, 8.15, sorry, 6.15, not 8.15, 6.15 every evening at uh, Harry Southside, they're both free shows, come and check that out, I'm doing 105 different shows or spots in 25 days during the Fringe, it's going to be fucking huge. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've liked this, as always, um, rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts. Uh, please, five stars would be amazing. If you've listened this far, you must be enjoying it on some level. If you've zoned out, let me just try and get your attention again. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Thanks, guys, for listening so much. This has been Aiden Taco Jones. Peace. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place 
at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.